Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. Have you ever wondered what your soul's purpose was for this lifetime? It's always been a topic that's intrigued me. And today I'm joined by Daniel Noor, who's a Kabbalistic teacher, speaker, and tikkun healer. Well, welcome to the Well Balanced 360 podcast. Thank you for joining me today. So honored to be here. Thank you, Dr. Shivani. Of course, I'm excited for this one because I've studied Kabbalah. So I was excited when you agreed to be on my show. Thank you again. And for people who don't know you, can you give a little background of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So Daniel Naor, I was born in Israel, grew up in Germany, and found at a young age this beautiful wisdom called Kabbalah, which is a universal ancient spiritual wisdom. I became a full-time teacher at the Kabbalah Center in Europe, in London. I managed several study groups all across Europe. And at a pretty young age, I've been given the opportunity to coach people one-on-one, to teach Kabbalah, to travel around Europe. Got transitioned to the Kabbalah Center in Los Angeles in 2006, where I'm still here today. Got married, have two beautiful daughters, thank God. And my wife is also a Kabbalah teacher. We're on the same path of bringing this wisdom to the world. We believe in elevating the consciousness of humanity in personal transformation, global transformation. So I'm really just passionate about continuing to transform myself, to continue to pass on wisdom and helping people to really become the best version of themselves. I love that. Like I said, I've been studying Kabbalah for a few years and it's definitely helped transform and change my way of thinking on particular topics that I didn't think it would. So definitely expanding my consciousness, which has been great. For somebody that has no idea and is just starting out in spirituality, what is Kabbalah? Yeah, so as I mentioned, first of all, it's a very ancient wisdom. It's not something new or invented. Second of all, it's universal. And I think this is the biggest misconception that people believe that it belongs to a certain religion, maybe to Judaism. And while many of the Kabbalists were Jewish and definitely has its heritage there, in and by itself, Kabbalah precedes religion. It existed way before religion came to existence. And it's really that universal knowledge, wisdom, simply explaining us to the rules to the game of life. Like life does not come with an instruction manual, right? And how to become successful in our relationship. What is really our purpose here? What I loved about this, because I was always spiritually inclined, probably came from my mother. Anything spiritual, you name it, she probably did it. So she got me into crystals and I was naturally curious about angels, about everything. I was always drawn and pulled towards it. But when I and my family found Kabbalah, it felt like coming home and it felt like all the pieces of the puzzle came together. Like someone gave you the big picture. So the bits and pieces that you've learned here or you've learned there, and I get this all the time from the people I'm working with or students of the center, they say, oh my God, yes, it's like the 12-step program, right? Oh, it's like Buddhism. Oh, it's like what I've learned in Law of Attraction. Kabbalah doesn't separate people. It looks what we have in common and how can we bring us together? How can we unify and bring us together? So that's a little bit about that. 
No, and I think you explained it perfectly. It's not a religion. It's a way of life. And there are practical tips that you can use every day to incorporate into your life to make changes in whatever field you want to, whether that's relationship, money, or whatever it is, self-development in general. But that key point that it's not a religion, because oftentimes when people hear that, Kabbalah, Buddhism, Judaism, whatever it is, they think of a particular way of thinking and separation, which this is not, correct? Correct, exactly, exactly. The matter of fact, Kabbalah, the root of the word means to receive. Here we come already to the first concept here that we learn in Kabbalah, that the bottom line is we all looking for the same thing. So it doesn't matter where you grow up, doesn't matter what you believe in. If you're a human being, you're looking to be fulfilled, right? Nobody can argue with that, right? We have different interpretation of what fulfillment might look for us. So we think becoming successful or accomplishing certain things or having a lot of wisdom, whatever it is, right? Of finding the soulmate. Kabbalist gets to the root of it and said, yes, there are many different extensions, but just like if you take the sunlight and you pour it into a prism, will have different colors of the spectrum, yet it's the same light. So the Kabbalists teach that what we're looking for, instead of chasing the different colors, which is, oh, today I want prosperity, tomorrow I want my soulmate, and oh yeah, but I also want health, right? And chasing different colors is saying, let's get to the root of it. You want to be connected to your source. You want, as the Kabbalists refers to, be connected to the light of the creator. And that is probably the first thing that we do learn in Kabbalah, identifying what it is that we actually want, because it sounds simple, but it's very profound. We get confused oftentimes by what we think we want or what we think is going to make us happy. And number two, Kabbalist gives us also very practical tools and consciousness and concepts and a way of living and how to align myself to what my soul is actually really looking for. Because our soul came here with something very particular, very specific to learn, to advance, to grow. So we learn in Kabbalah how to align ourselves to that, where true fulfillment is actually coming from. I agree. And I learned this in Kabbalah 1 too. It's still a little hard for me to grasp. What you're doing right now is tikkun healing, correct? Correct. Can you explain what that is for people that don't know? First, we need to explain the term, right? Kun healing. Kun is a word that we learn in Kabbalah. It's very essential. Some people may have heard of it as tikkun olam, which is world correction. Tikkun, in its literal translation, means correction. But what we're referring here to is a soul correction. Meaning, as I mentioned earlier, each and every one of our soul, before coming to this world, made a pact, made a contract with the universe, with the cosmos, saying, I want my soul to come down to this world to learn certain life lessons, to learn certain lessons. So just like in the movie, I don't know if you've seen it, Evan Almighty, where Morgan Freeman is playing God, is saying, if you came here to learn love or how to forgive, will it be handed over to you just like that? Or will you be given the opportunity to love, the opportunity to forgive? And that's in short exactly what we came here. Our soul wanted to grow and expand and learn and to transform via these life lessons, right? So a person can have a tikkun of anger. A person can have a tikkun of forgiveness. A person can have a tikkun of judgment, of laziness, or self-esteem. 
all different things that we came here to transform. Now, in the one-on-one work that I do with people in the service called Tikkun Healing under the Kabbalah Center, I specialized in belief systems because I found the best way to track down our Tikkun because it's a big term, right? Like our soul's correction. It's a big term. Sounds scary too. (laughs) Yeah, right? So I learned how to break it down into little pieces, bite sizes that's more digestible, right? So what does it mean, belief system? It means we can access and understand our tikkun via our life experiences. So I focus primarily on early childhood as well, because that's where most of the belief systems are formed. That's also where we can see the tikkun is being formed or we can access it. So meaning tikkun can be identified primarily by two things. Number one, it's going to be something that is repetitive. So if a lesson to be learned, the reason why we haven't learned it or we haven't done our tikkun yet is because it's still to be learned. Okay? So it's something repetitive. Any type of negative repetitive pattern most likely related to our tikkun. Number two, it's something that is a little bit uncomfortable for us, not something that we feel it's fair or we feel it's oftentimes something that we're not powerful. We're trying to hide. We try to shove it under the carpet. We don't want to deal with it. Yet this is the only thing why we're here in this world to begin with. In the one session, when someone sits down with me, and we do it over Zoom these days, obviously, I ask them, okay, what do you want to work on? What is it that's holding you back? And I'll tell you, Dr. Shivani, where we start off, usually it's never where we end up. Meaning whatever we see is holding us back is usually the surface level. It's usually the outermost layer. It's like the effect. We're dealing with the branches. And what I do in these sessions is I dig and I dig and we dig and we dig together. I'm not doing anything for them. It's a conversation, really, and asking questions and listening and really reading between the lines. And what are the limiting beliefs? That's the first part in the session, what we're looking for. What are the limiting beliefs? And if we listen carefully to what we are saying or when we're talking to people, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you all the limiting beliefs. Then we track it down, we dig deeper, and we get to the root of it. So we're not dealing with the branches anymore. I'll give you an example. The other day I had a session with someone, and what they thought is holding them back is procrastination. But that's rarely the case. Wasting time or procrastination is rarely the deep core issue, right? Many times it can be deeper-rooted fear is the cause underlying level why people procrastinate. It can be playing small because it gives me a sense of security or safety. So on a surface level, I will procrastinate, but really like I don't feel safe to play big and so on and so forth. So we're digging, we're digging deeper and we're looking for the root cause, core limiting beliefs that is really related to our tikkun and the life lessons that we came to learn. That's beautiful. I know in Kabbalah, I learned that my tikkun (laughs) is in Taurus which Uh is like my North node, which I also read in there. It's one of the hardest to correct. And so when I learned this, I was like, great, because it said in there, you deal with anger, fear, instant gratification, et cetera, et cetera. So for someone like me, where would I even start? And that does hold true for me. A lot of that, I would say fear and the instant gratification is what my soul definitely came to work here on. But where do I start? If I had a session with you, 
would you just be digging deeper and deeper into where I can go with that? And also that's like a lot. So it's like, do I need to correct all of those tacoons or do you often find if I dealt with whatever was really holding me back in terms of fear, I start to see differences in those other categories as well? Yeah, absolutely. They're all connected. We take it one step at a time. And usually it's the small little changes that we make that give us big results. So we're not here to change overnight and become the best version of ourselves overnight. But we do want to start as much as possible with the root cause level. We don't want to be dealing with cutting off the branches while the trunk or the seed or the root is sick, right? So we do want to get to the root of it, to the core of it. And once that is identified, there's a variety of questions, but usually an important one to ask is, how is it serving me? Meaning, and I will explain that, this is very important. If we're interested in going anywhere or changing anything about ourselves or improving anything about ourselves, I found that the number one reason why it's difficult for all of us, including myself, all of us, why it's difficult to change certain behavior or pattern is because we are attached to it. And the reason why we're attached to it is secretly, it's giving us something. So while our conscious mind believes that, oh no, I know my anger is bad. Like I have this temper, I don't want it. But believe it or not, the whole reason why we're holding on to it, why a person may hold on to it, is because that temper is giving that person something. People are usually shocked. They're, they're saying like, well, it's not serving me at all. And I say, well, that's not true. Otherwise, you would be dropping that attribute already a long time ago. So I'll ask you again, how is it serving you? Or let me ask you this way. What illusionary fulfillment do you get from it? And then they say, oh, okay, well, let's take the example of temper, right? Anger. Well, it gives me a rush of energy. Why do you need that rush of energy? Well, it helps me to express myself. Oh, so you're saying, the limited belief is I need my anger in order to express myself. Yes. Can you express yourself without it? Can you see a reality where you could express yourself without needing that temper or that anger? Yes. Okay, so let's nurture that, right? And that's really the second step. Once we identify what the limiting belief is, what the blockage is, what the ego is, whatever we want to call it, and how it's serving me, then our subconscious mind is much, much more willing to actually drop it because it's all stored memory and energy. It's something that we fed. It's something that we became attached to, familiar, and it keeps us safe in a way. Unless we see past that illusion and see how it's not really serving us and it's costing us a lot more, we're never going to drop it. But once we do see it, there's an opening and that's all we need, an opening to let it go and then really the next step in this process, the long-term thing that we really want to nurture is the new story. Because I like to view our tikkun, our life, and our belief system as stories, right? And so once we see how this story is just something that I formed, my subconscious mind formed and created in order to keep me safe, to protect me, but it's a bad investment, it's a bad deal, and I drop that story, now I want to put energy into a new story. Why? Because I can. Because we as human beings, we will and we can create and tell ourselves a new story. Then we continue from there and say, okay, what new story do you want to tell yourself? What new belief 
do you want to adopt? And then there are various ways in how to strengthen that. That's beautiful. I love that. So for someone like me, I love instant gratification. <laughs> I'll just put it out there. I just have to know things right away. Maybe that's my background in medicine. Just things have to make sense and I need to know it quickly so that I can help people. Where would you start with me? Here's another thing to mention. Anything that is limiting us, there's also something beneficial to it. That's another thing that I love about Kabbalah. It, it's very holistic. It has a whole approach. We don't look at things in terms of good or bad. Mm-hmm. There's usually a mixture of both, right? We're also not looking into eliminating or removing anything. One of the Kabbalists, the founder of the Kabbalah Center says, everything has a right to exist. And then the reason why it's there or why I adopted to begin with, when it comes to our transformation process, that means that we don't want to be too harsh on ourselves. We don't want to beat ourselves up. We don't want to say, oh, I am bad, right? Like where we confuse our false identity with ourselves. No, you are a pure spark of the creator. You're an unlimited soul. You're pure goodness, full of love. That's your essence, right? The things that you accumulated, that you picked up along the way, those are just stories. So instant gratification, okay? In anything, even in anger, in anything, there's something good and there's something that is not healthy that we can choose to let go. Back to your example, it's not all bad, right? Especially you said that you want to use it. You need to know quickly in order to help people. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I would keep that. I don't want you to drop that. It's like eagerness, right? Or let's take jealousy, for instance, right? Jealousy at its core, believe it or not, the Kabbalist said, it's a very good thing. What are you saying? Jealousy? Like everybody knows it's associated with negativity, with bad thing. Nobody said it's a good attribute. Well, to take it to its core, jealousy, it really means only one thing. It's a huge desire. And desire is good. Kabbalah means to receive. The Kabbalah teach we're here to receive and to have. And it's our birthright to have endless fulfillment. So what is the negative side effect of jealousy? I want a lot, but I want it without working for it. And I want it and I don't want you to have it. And I think I'm deserving and I'm entitled. So that's already the negative ramifications of it. But the big desire, if you take it to its what we call its embryonic state, It's good. Keep the big desire. Just drop the negative side effects around it, right? Of entitlement and deserving, et cetera, et cetera. So here, back to your example, I would say instant gratification in the way you interpret it, in the way you have it, keep the good part of it, which is I want to have quick answers and solutions so I can help more people. Beautiful. There's a sense of urgency there where it's used for the sake of sharing, of being in service. Wonderful. Keep that. Identify where it's not serving you, meaning where control maybe comes into the picture, right? I have to get an answer for myself right now. And if I don't, right, I'll be miserable. I'll be frustrated. I'll get upset. I'll be confused. I'll start doubting. That's something with negative ramifications to definitely drop. Of course, you explain that perfectly, because for me, that is where it goes sometimes. If I don't get an answer, especially when it comes to my work, that's where I feel like I should start. Because if I don't get that instant gratification of knowing what's next, or how many listeners am I getting, or 
how many like people am I affecting with my work, then I get frustrated. I like the way you explained it. I do want to help people. So that's the good part of it. But the other side is where I should start working on things. Yeah, I really believe it's important for us to internalize and realize on a deep level that our roots, that our essence is really good. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of us, our essence is good. Our inner child is full of love and everything we do in its core, it's really driven from that place. And if we connect to that core, we're able to strengthen that and connect with that. And then we see anything that is not aligned with that. It's just negative side effects, but it's not really who I am. Then it's easier to change from that place versus beating myself up or really being too harsh with ourselves and saying, I have to do change this. I have to, oh, this is bad. This is not good. It makes the transformation process difficult and really not pleasant. I love to view my spiritual work, my spiritual path, my transformation as a game and being playful and have fun with it. I think it's meant to be this way. It's a beautiful way to look at it. And someone such as yourself, who is a spiritual teacher helping so many, how would you say you cope with fear or anxiety when it comes up for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we're all human beings. Doesn't matter how long we've been on a spiritual journey, we will be facing doubts, fears, whatever it is, right? Nobody's perfect. So I've used different things for over the years, but what I've grown to become more and more of a lover of observing and being in the moment, being in the presence. Meditation is something that completely, completely shifted a lot of things for me and just the practice of that. But I view meditation really just as a muscle to strengthen that muscle of presence, right? That can be really applied to any fears or any other blockages that we're trying to overcome is becoming really good and observing it. I think recently this week, let's say, a motion that I started to notice is impatience. And sometimes there are fears, sometimes there are worries. Sometimes I calculate too much. Sometimes I overthink. Overthinking is big, how to get out of my own head. You name it. So what I like to do is to become a better observer and to ask questions, to ask myself questions. So instead of saying, oh, I have this fear, what do I need to do? And going straight into fixing mode, what I like to do is going into observing mode and saying, hmm, I'm afraid right now. That's interesting. I'm curious where that fear is coming from. What am I really afraid of and why, right? And just like looking at it from that perspective and asking questions really help me to be more proactive about my transformation versus being reactive to it and trying to fix it. Which is a form of control, like you said earlier. So just surrendering into the situation at hand and flowing into it and not resisting, which can be really hard. But I love the way you put it and how you're asking yourself why. I think all of us consistently need to do that to help get to the root and also having a coach such as yourself. I'm a huge believer people should have a mentor and a coach because you can't do it by yourself all the time, especially when it comes to your fears. That's like the hardest thing to do, which is why relationships and community are so important. Would you say that you as a spiritual healer, teacher, believe that spirituality and medicine are connected? 
would you believe they're one and of the same or what are your, yeah, what's your I was about to say I think they're one and the same <laughs> I really believe so right because at its root everything starts with consciousness so everything is a reflection of our consciousness physically what shows up it's a reflection of our consciousness whether it's in our relationship at work or in our body right so whatever is in our consciousness will be reflected in the physical reality it's just a sign to us right when something physically shows up big or small doesn't matter even a headache it's signaling us something right so thank good for advancement and thank good for technology and medicine and science that brought us so far that we can treat it people used to die from a flu so thank god to advancement in that aspect so we can treat things better great surgery etc etc but at the same time i believe that if we don't take the time to ask ourselves the question is what is it teaching me what is it trying to show me what is the signal there for and like i gave the example before if we're just cutting off the branches without looking at the roots it will roll back right it will reappear not necessarily again as physical symptoms in our body maybe in our business maybe in relation it can show up in various ways but if we don't ask ourselves again this question of what is the lesson again everything is related to our tikkun the lesson that our soul came here to learn for me i really don't know how people do it without spirituality and it doesn't matter what path you are choosing as long as it's a path that leads you to getting to know yourself better ask yourself better questions that promotes human dignity that promotes being of service that promotes being aware of your ego any path of that will be beneficial and i really don't know how people do it without it back to your question maybe practically spirituality and medicine yeah i believe that when we cure our consciousness we are also able to cure our bodies to cure everything around us and it's that saying for me the body never lies so even a headache be an energetic problem most likely it is anytime i get hurt i always think about it energetically i'm like what is this trying to tell me there's always an underlying thing and it does show up in all aspects of my life if i haven't dealt with it business wise relationship wise etc cetera, etc cetera. so i love that you stated it the way you did for me medicine and spirituality obviously are connected which is why i started this podcast and thank you for joining me on it today Where can people find you and learn what their tikkun is? Because I learned about it through Kabbalah, through studying Kabbalah. But where can they learn more and interact with you or get a healing session from you? So you can find me on Instagram, Daniel.Naor72. You can also visit the center's page for my services, which is share.kabbalah.com slash tikkun. So it's Kabbalah, K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. And Tikkun is spelled T-I-K-K-U-N. So share.kabbalah.com slash Tikkun. And you can also just check out more about Kabbalah in general, kabbalah.com. And also we have beautiful podcasts that you can listen to, learn more in a very easy and practical way, an insightful way about Kabbalah. There's a beautiful podcast from my teacher, Michael Burke, and his wife, Monica. It's called Spiritually Hungry Podcast mm-hmm. from the Kabbalah Center. And also every Monday, there is a beautiful podcast from two of my colleagues. It's called The Weekly Energy Boost, hosted by the Kabbalah Center. So there are many, many ways, but you can pick one to learn more about Kabbalah or contact me 
I'll be happy to have a session with you or answer any questions you might have. That's beautiful. Thank you. I listened to both of those podcasts. They're great. And tacoon, I just love that word now because for me, it's like correction, but also there's a cannabis company named Tacoon Alum. But I just think it's funny because yeah, they have funny actually about it. Yeah. <laughs> they have some of the best products out there. And it's just, it's like that correction getting to the root cause of your anxiety. It's just funny. Anyways, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Daniel. Thank and you. if anybody's interested, they can connect with you with all the places that you just stated. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced 360 podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.